Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of Love, Sex and Psych. My name is Amy and I hope you're all having a great week so far. Today, as I'm recording this, it's a Monday and I actually just went back to the gym this morning for the first time in ages. I was doing it sort of consistently for maybe like two or three weeks and then for the past... I want to say three weeks, maybe even more, I completely dropped off with it. So my sister and I started a new program and I'm actually so excited to be doing it. We did the first workout this morning and it was really good. It literally took us two hours, (laughs) which was a stupid amount of time to be at the gym. But hopefully if we keep going, we will get quicker. But it was really good and I'm just excited to be back into it and having a program to kind of keep me accountable. So I hope everyone else is working towards their goals, working towards becoming the best version of themselves. That is what I love. Now for this week's episode, I'm going to be talking about attachment styles and specifically the anxious and avoidant attachment styles and how a relationship between two people with those attachment styles is and if it is doomed from the beginning. Now the reason I really want to talk about anxious avoidant relationships in particular is because I have an anxious attachment style and I have been in relationships with people with avoidant attachment styles and honestly I don't want to sound really mean but it kind of is hell. It's so hard. It's pretty miserable and it's just exhausting and really, really, really hard. When you're actually trying to make things work, it is so, so hard if you have um, really differing attachment styles that don't mesh well together. So yeah, we're going to be delving into what the attachment styles are and why so many problems arise when an anxiously attached person is in a relationship with an avoidant attached person. So I hope you guys really enjoy the episode. I think it's going to be a very interesting one. So let's dive straight into it. I'm just jumping in here to give a quick disclaimer. Although I do have a psychology degree, I'm not a registered psychologist. So please remember that any advice or recommendations I make in this podcast is not professional advice and it should not be taken in replacement to seeking professional help. If you are struggling, please reach out to your GP. Okay, back to the episode. I think a lot of people already know about attachment styles at least on a basic level if you've ever studied psychology at school you definitely would have heard about attachment and it's even just come becoming very common to hear about attachment styles in pop culture especially when talking about dating and relationships everyone's like oh I have an anxious attachment style that's why I behave this way or my partner's avoidant that's why they behave this way so I actually think it's really good that more and more people are grasping an understanding of attachment styles because when you do understand different people's attachment, it really, really helps you to make sense of how people might treat you and how you yourself respond to certain situations. So first of all, I'm just going to give a little bit of an introduction into attachment styles just in case there's anyone listening who hasn't really ever heard about attachment styles and I just think it will be good to go over as well. So basically the theory of attachment kind of came from observing infants 
and how they behave with their primary caregivers or their parents. So as babies, we form attachments with our primary caregivers and these could be either anxious, avoidant or secure attachments. And there's also actually a fourth one, which is quite rare and that is anxious avoided but I'm not really going to delve into that one I haven't done too much research on that so for now we're going to be talking about the three main ones which are anxious avoidant and secure attachments and each of these attachment styles has different characteristics that influence our behavior and relationship with the parent and the style of attachment that a baby shows to their parents is influenced by the parenting style of the parents whether they respond really well to the baby's needs or maybe they're a little bit more neglectful or unreliable and adults actually show patterns of attachment to their romantic partners which are similar to the patterns of attachments shown from infants to their parents and these attachment styles in adulthood influence the way adults in romantic relationships respond to intimacy so now I'll go into the three different attachment styles and how they kind of look in a romantic relationship in adulthood. So secure people feel comfortable with intimacy and they're usually very warm and loving and receptive to their partner. These people tend to have healthier relationships than people with insecure attachments. And the two insecure attachments are anxious and avoidant. Anxious people really do crave intimacy, but they're often preoccupied with their relationships. Their relationships take a huge amount of their emotional space and they tend to really worry about their partner's ability to love them. Whereas avoidant people equate intimacy with a loss of independence and they're constantly trying to minimize closeness with romantic partners. So although avoidant people do want intimacy, they sort of have this deep-rooted issue with it where they really value their autonomy and and independence that much that they kind of create these walls around them and withdraw from situations that maybe feel too intimate. Oh, I also forgot to say all the information that I'm going to be talking about in this episode I got from this book that I'm reading at the moment amazing book highly recommend but it is called Attached by Dr. Amir Levine and Rachel Heller I hear so many people talk about this book I've seen it heaps all over TikTok and honestly it's so good I thought it might be like kind of boring I didn't want to feel like I was reading a textbook but it really doesn't feel like that yes it's very heavily information based and it's reporting on a lot of like scientific findings and stuff like that but it also tells stories from real couples and shows you how attachment styles look in the real world rather than just in studies and it's honestly been kind of healing for me to read this and understand why things went wrong in past relationships due to people's attachment styles and due to being in relationships where my attachment style was conflicting with someone else's so I really really recommend this book to everyone I think everyone could benefit from reading it I do want to give a little bit more of an in-depth description of anxious and avoidant attachment styles just because that's what we're specifically talking about in this episode and I think it gives a little bit more context as to why relationships don't work with these types of people together an anxiously attached person as I said earlier really craves intimacy and 
and they do have the capacity to love very, very deeply. However, they're often really preoccupied with a fear in the relationship that maybe they're not good enough, their partner doesn't love them enough and relationships tend to consume a really large amount of their emotional energy. Anxiously attached people are very sensitive to small fluctuations in their partner's moods and actions. So if their partner's feeling off one day or maybe not responding to them as they usually would, they'll be very receptive to this and probably spiral about it and think that there's something wrong and maybe worry that they're going to be left or anything like that. They also take their partner's behaviours very seriously and can be very self-critical and put themselves down. Now, avoidant people, it's kind of the opposite. They do not expend a lot of emotional energy thinking about their relationships. They do want to be close to others, but they feel uncomfortable with too much closeness and they tend to keep their partners at arm's length. It's very important to avoidant individuals for them to try and maintain their independence and a sense of self-sufficiency. So anytime that a relationship becomes really close and intimate, that's when they withdraw, put up walls and try to regain that sense of real independence. They also are quite emotionally distant and it can be quite hard for avoidant people to open up to their partners about emotional issues or how they're feeling on a deeper level. So there is some stark contrasts between anxiously attached people and avoidant people. So now I'm going to delve into the problems that arise in these types of relationships and basically what usually goes wrong in a relationship between an anxious person and an avoidant person. So one of the fundamental differences between someone with an anxious attachment and someone with an avoidant attachment is that people with an anxious attachment style and also people with secure attachment for that matter, have a basic desire to be close with their partner. Whereas someone with an avoidant attachment, that basic desire is missing for them. So already there's a conflict of intimacy needs. One person really craves love and the other person sort of shies away from it and really values their independence over being intimate. I'm going to go through four things that characteristically go wrong in anxious avoidant relationships. The first is that a relationship between an anxious person and an avoidant person is never smooth sailing. It's never going steady and feeling calm. It's always up and down. Occasionally when the avoidant partner makes themselves available to the anxious partner, the anxious partner's attachment system is settled. So they're not worrying, they're not fearing that something's wrong. They feel good in that moment where their avoidant partner is being intimate, giving them feelings of closeness, feelings of love. But this closeness, which is blissful to experience for the anxious partner, triggers the avoidance partner's attachment system. They perceive this as a threat and the avoidant partner quickly withdraws and this then feels very uncomfortable to the anxious partner and triggers their attachment system to activate and they become fearful, they become anxious, self-critical. So it's always up and down. There might be fleeting moments where the partnership seems okay but it's very very short-lived and there's always this imbalance of 
one person really craving that deep intimacy and the other person not being able to provide it to them. Number two is that there is usually consistent feelings of dissatisfaction. So as you can imagine, if one person really needs intimacy to feel okay in their relationship and they want to feel close to their partner, they want to have a strong emotional connection, whereas the other person values their independence a lot more than they value intimacy, they don't open up easily, they don't like sharing their emotions, then you can see that this is a direct conflict of intimacy needs. And of course, there's going to be feelings of dissatisfaction. A relationship between an anxious and an avoidant person may last a long time, but there will always be uncertainty and a sense of dissatisfaction because these two types of people these two types of attachment styles will never be able to find that degree of intimacy that matches them both because they're just so conflicting they have fundamental differences that probably without therapy and really hard work cannot be resolved number three is constant fights and the problem in particular with fighting in an anxious avoidant relationship is that these conflicts are never easily reconciled. People with anxious and secure attachments really seek to resolve arguments. They seek to resolve them as a way to gain emotional closeness and work through problems and bring the relationship back to a stable point. Whereas people with avoidant attachment styles really withdraw and try to remain distant when arguing occur. They also tend to grow quite hostile when conflicts arise as well, which can be very distressing for the other partner to deal with. Because obviously, if the anxious partner is trying to resolve a disagreement in order to achieve greater emotional closeness, then this outcome is very uncomfortable for the avoidant partner because they don't want that emotional closeness. They don't want to have that deep level of intimacy that might come after a argument or that might come once an argument is resolved. So they push the other person away. And while we're talking about this, I want to share my own experience with conflicts in an anxious avoidant relationship because it was probably one of the most frustrating things of being with an avoidant person as an anxiously attached person myself. So whenever arguments would arise in this relationship, I would kind of be very triggered and very needy. I probably shouldn't that use that word to describe myself because it's not being needy it's just my intimacy needs but I would become very sort of alarmed and triggered and I would feel like I was going to be left I would feel like I'm not good enough I would always feel like it was me that did something wrong and I would do everything in my power to try and resolve that argument and to try and restore the peace basically I'd be distraught I'd be so anxious, I'd be so full of fear that this argument was the thing that was going to make my avoidant partner leave me and it was really hard and what made that even harder was being met with not much sympathy at all, being stonewalled, ignored, they would just completely withdraw. They would often leave if a conflict arose and the next day they would just sort of act like nothing had happened. And 
I really struggled with that because obviously when someone's behaving like that, you're not actually resolving the issue. It's just kind of swept under the rug and yeah, it really triggered my anxious attachment style and it made the relationship extremely difficult for me. It really is a terrible feeling like crying and really needing to have your intimacy needs met in that moment. For example, in moments when a conflict is happening in a relationship and I'm extremely anxious or scared that I'm going to be left and my anxious attachment style is just really triggered. All I really want in that moment is love from the partner. I want to feel safe. I want them to help calm me down and I just want to feel reassured and not receiving that because someone's attachment style is avoidant is so, so difficult as an anxiously attached person. And for me, I kind of had to figure out how to self-soothe and that was so difficult (laughs) because it's just not in my nature. As an anxiously attached person, it's not in my nature to be able to calm myself down if I feel like something's wrong in the relationship. Like my body, it's like alarm bells going off and I need to be reassured by my partner. So it's definitely very, very difficult to deal with and it's a hard situation to be in. Number four is that if you are anxiously attached, you might find that you start being treated worse by your avoidant partner when you become the person that's closest to them. Obviously, we know that people with an avoidant attachment style really struggle with intimacy. And so if you're the person that's closest to them in life, they're going to try and push you away the most because they can't deal with that deep connection. That's also really hard to deal with because, you know, when you're someone's quote-unquote other half, someone's intimate partner, you expect to be treated really well. You expect to be loved. You expect to be treated like a princess. But if they're treating you worse than they treat anyone else in their inner circle, it's honestly, yeah, a really horrible feeling. But it's because they struggle with that intimacy so much that they just really feel the need to withdraw and put up walls. It's sort of like a defense mechanism for them, I think. Something that I've learned through reading this book, Attached, is that when you have an anxious attachment style, it's so common to put yourself down and push aside your intimacy needs as being too much or too clingy or too needy. Even during this episode, you heard me call myself needy. And I think that's just such a common response because our society really values independence as a whole. We're all about self-love, putting yourself first, which I agree with. I think that's true to an extent. It's always important to love yourself, as I've talked about many times. But for the anxiously attached people, that makes it really easy to see your basic intimacy needs as too much but that's really not the truth being anxious in a relationship does not mean you're too much or too needy or too much to handle in fact something I really want to point out is when an anxious person is in a relationship with an avoidant it's usually the anxious person that needs to make the compromises and that finds themselves making the compromises and that tries to change their behavior by settling for not having their basic intimacy needs met for the sake of the relationship. I think it's really important that all anxiously attached people know their sensitivity is not a burden in a relationship. In fact, when you're in the right relationship, your sensitivity as an anxiously attached person can be an asset. The reason for this is because when you are anxiously attached and you have that extreme sensitivity to other people's behavior, 
This makes you extremely receptive and in tune with your partner's needs and wants. And anxiously attached people are so dedicated and loving because they have that deep desire within them to be very close and intimate to their romantic partners. I think if you have an anxious attachment style, it's just so important to be gentle with yourself and understand that you're not needy, you're not too much, you're not too clingy because intimacy clashes in relationships can be so, so destructive for the anxious partner who is constantly being pushed away by the avoidant partner and constantly being made to feel inadequate, to put themselves down. So I think kind of reframing how we view our attachment style, particularly as an anxiously attached person and viewing your sensitivity as an asset rather than a burden can be really, really helpful. And that's one of the main takeaways that I gained from reading this book, because so many times in the past, I've put myself down and thought like I'm way too much in a in a relationship. I'm too much to deal with. I'm, I'm crazy because I've definitely been called crazy before, <laughs> but It's just when you're in the wrong relationship with someone whose attachment style doesn't sit well with yours and where your intimacy needs are not being met, that's when your anxious attachment style does become a problem in the relationship. But that's not not your fault. It's just that, you know, you're not meshing well with the other person. But in the right relationship, it's really not that much of a problem. And I think it's something that can be seen as an asset and that can be worked through. I think it's really important to understand that if you're an anxious person and you're with an avoidant partner, they will always find ways to argue with you as a means of maintaining distance and pushing you away. They will always need to withdraw no matter who you are, no matter if you change your personality, if you change the way you look, they will always be avoidant unless they miraculously like decide to go to therapy and become more secure in themselves but anyway they will most of the time always be avoidant and they will always behave in this way so I think that's very very important to remember and to stop blaming yourself and seeing yourself as the problem because anxiously attached people are already way too hard on themselves in relationships so viewing yourself as the main cause of these intimacy clashes and thinking that you're too needy or too clingy is just not helpful to us or to yourself and I just think it's really important to realize that and try and be gentle with yourself and yeah understand that being an anxiously attached person is okay and in the right relationship I think you really will thrive. Now I've sort of been shit talking anxious avoidant relationships for the majority of this episode. I will admit I am biased because I've only had bad experiences but I want to talk about if it's possible to actually make an anxious avoidant relationship work because we already know they come with intrinsic issues. There's deep-rooted issues there, intimacy clashes that are very difficult to work through. But I want to discuss if it's actually possible to make things work and actually be happy in an anxious avoidant relationship. So from what I've read in this attached book, It is possible to make an anxious avoidant relationship work, but not without serious compromise and work. And usually the majority of the compromise will come from the anxious partner. So the anxious partner will be changing themselves, changing their behavior to better suit the avoidance, lack thereof, intimacy needs. In order to really create a more satisfying relationship, both partners would need to agree to work on making effort 
efforts to become more secure in their relationship. And in the book, the authors suggest one way to do this is to have a secure model in your mind, I guess. And basically this means looking up to someone in your life that is very secure in their relationships. And the way you basically use this or how this helps is you can go to that person for advice when you are anxious or when you feel like you need to withdraw if you are avoidant. You can go to them for advice on what they would do in the situation or you could even just think how they might react in certain situations situations where your avoidant or anxious attachment style might be getting triggered and I see that that could be helpful but again I just feel like it is very difficult to change your attachment style especially if it's really deep rooted within you like I know for me I've had so many situations arise where my anxieties in a relationship have been confirmed like I've been cheated on and obviously that's my fear in a relationship and it's been confirmed. So I don't know how well I would do at changing my attachment style to a more secure one. Obviously I'd love to try and that's kind of what I'm striving towards here in life by reading this book and I really want to strive towards that in my future relationships but yeah I think it's really hard to do and I feel like for an avoidant person if they know that the ultimate goal in doing this and trying to become more secure is deeper intimacy I feel like they maybe would shy away from becoming more secure because they don't like that deep intimacy. It's not something that they want. So if one or both partners in an anxious avoidant relationship don't put in that solid effort needed to work towards becoming more secure, then the discrepancies of intimacy needs for each partner will always be an issue in the relationship and they'll likely never go away. However, in saying that, some people do find ways to live in relative peace with mismatched intimacy needs. But again, this usually occurs because the anxious person in the relationship has decided that they want to make compromises and become more accepting of the fact that certain aspects of the relationship will never change. In my opinion, the next few things I'm going to go over kind of only apply to very committed relationships, maybe marriages or maybe if you've got kids with the person. I don't think these things should be something that people do if they're just casually dating someone or if they're in the initial stages of forming a relationship with someone. Like if you feel that your intimacy needs are not being met very early on in a relationship, I think you've got to think very long and hard if that's something you want to go forward with because because as I said, that intimacy clash will likely always be there and it takes really hard work and a lot of effort to get rid of that clash if it's even possible. And if it's not possible and you still want to be with that person, then now I'll discuss what that kind of looks like in having to compromise. And to me personally, it doesn't sound like a very happy life. It's definitely not a relationship that I'd want to be in. But again, some people just have to make relationships work for whatever reason so let's discuss what that kind of looks like so the anxiously attached person has to kind of understand that they will either live a life of continuous disappointment and being let down by their avoidant partner or they have to decide to change their expectations in the relationship so what this might look like 
the anxious partner stops taking personal offense to when their partner withdraws and they have to learn to do things on their own that they previously would have loved to do with their partner. One of the examples in the book was a marriage and the male in the relationship was very avoidant and didn't really like to spend time with his wife on the weekends whereas his wife constantly asked him to do things, always wanted to spend time with him on the weekend but eventually in order to kind of keep the peace in the relationship and try to reduce conflicts she just had to accept that her weekends had to become her time and she wasn't going to get anywhere by constantly begging her partner to spend time with her she had to get comfortable with doing things on her own and accept that you know her dream of spending all this spare time with her partner wasn't going to happen so honestly it's a really big compromise to make and a huge amount of sacrifice is needed to keep these anxious avoidant relationships peaceful and reduce conflict so that's why I said earlier if you're just in the initial stages of dating someone I really don't think you should be sacrificing so much of your well-being and expectations of a relationship in order to be with someone that's avoidant I think these compromises are more suited to someone that really really doesn't want to leave the anxious avoidant relationship that they're in maybe they can't leave and they just want to keep things civil and try to keep the peace then yes these compromises will work to do that but the relationship is likely going to be unsatisfying for the anxious partner but I'm sure there are happy relationships among anxious avoidant people even when a lot of compromising is taking place I would like to think so anyway (laughs) okay that is everything I wanted to cover for this episode I really hope you enjoyed it I literally feel so out of breath I've been recording for 40 minutes which is mental I think a lot of it was probably just me pausing to get my breath back oh I don't know why I'm so puffed out but I really enjoyed recording that one I definitely think it was interesting and let me know if you enjoyed it me being an anxiously attached person I definitely don't think I would get into a relationship again with an avoidant person just because of my experiences and how difficult it really was but as I've said everyone has different circumstances and maybe for some people it might work I feel like I was probably quite negative in this episode talking about anxious avoidant relationships but as I've said again I am biased I've only had bad experiences just keep that in mind I don't want to offend anyone if you are in a happy anxious avoidant relationship if you are please tell me your secrets because I'd love to know how you do that (laughs) anyway I will speak to you guys all next week bye